Welcome to Beyond the Stacks, a podcast from Westlake Porter Public Library. On this show, we aim to spark your curiosity and take you beyond the stacks and inside all that the library has to offer. On this episode, we will take you into the Technical Services Department to hear how materials are selected for the collection. Then, we will once again try to stump our unstumpable librarian. This is Heather Finati, and I'm here with the Technical Services and Collection Development Manager, Jane Kirkland. Thank you for being with us today, Jane. Thank you for having me, Heather. So, Jane, what exactly does a Technical Services and Collection Development Manager do around here? Well, I manage a department that selects all materials that the library is going to purchase, and when those materials arrive, We catalog them, we process them, and we get them out on the shelf as fast as possible for our patrons to enjoy. So you're basically in charge of what comes inside this library for the patrons. That's right. That is a really cool job, Jane. How would how do you stay ahead of the current trends and new releases? Well, we use um, various different resources to keep ahead of what is coming out. We use journals that are specifically aimed at librarians and booksellers that review upcoming books. We keep tabs on websites like the New York Times and NPR book reviews, pop culture websites, uh, People magazine, all kinds of places where our patrons might see a book and be interested in reading it. Tell me more about super popular books and how it affects your work. Well, there's been a phenomenon in the last few years, you might have heard of it, book talk. So we find that a lot of books that are popular on TikTok blow up and just come out of nowhere and we end up having to um, purchase lots of extra copies. We normally would not have seen that up until the last few years. Um, We do follow closely the celebrity book clubs. So we've got Reese Witherspoon's book club, we've got Jenna Bush Hager, Good Morning America, various different book clubs that Oprah, of course, we all know about Oprah. Once they pick a book for their monthly book club, we can almost guarantee that it's going to become very popular. What about the little guy? What about the self-published books? Well, that is also a phenomenon that we've seen um, over the last few years. Self-published books are now much more readily available. They are also reviewed in the review journals that I mentioned before. Uh, We do purchase them and we also focus here at Westlake, particularly on our local authors. We highly encourage local creators to send their books to us and we have a special shelf here at the library for our local authors' books and we have a lot of music CDs too in that collection. That is really cool. Has anything surprised you with your work? I guess I'm just surprised at some of the things that our patrons ask for. I mean, our patrons are so awesome about coming in here and talking about books with our um, adult services staff and our youth services staff. Sometimes they find things before we do, and we have got to keep up. Our patrons are amazing readers. What are some common misconceptions with your collection development? I think that people might think that we read all day at work (laughs) and we do not. We do have to read a little bit to keep up with trends, but uh, mostly we are looking at journals and all the resources that I mentioned before, um, trying to keep up on making sure we get things in on time. What do you see 
being popular in the, uh, the next six months? Oh, gosh. Well, there's always the, u- there's the usual authors that are always consistently popular. So if you're looking for specific titles, we've got a new John Grisham book coming out um, next week, I believe. Actually, I think it was this week, The Exchange. It's a follow-up to his first book, The Firm, which I think a lot of people have read. Uh, We've got a new Lee Child coming up. I know people are really interested in those Jack Reacher books. I'm stuck here. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Well, what are your favorite materials to order? Well, I personally, we have it. I should mention that we have a small team here of four of us who select all the materials for the library. Uh, not just me, three other people as well. Um, I personally order the fiction and mystery, adult fiction and mystery, and my favorite materials to order are mystery novels because that's what I like reading. Can you tell us about how you choose non-traditional materials? A lot of those come from patron requests. So we have patrons ask us, could you carry a VCR recorder? Could you carry a karaoke machine? I'm interested in checking out uh, Legos. Could the library get some of those? So we also look at what other libraries have. We recently added a number of Lego sets, which have been circulating very well. And that was originally a request that came from a patron in the children's department. And my last and final question for you, Jane, where do you see the future of collection development going? Like, do you see more e-materials happening, more non-traditional materials? Maybe you see a really anticipated book coming ahead. Like, I know I'm waiting for R.R. Martin to finally finish uh, Fire and Ice. <laughs> and when that comes out, let me know because I want to be on the top of that wait list. I think everyone's been waiting for that for a long time, Heather. I don't know when that's going to come out. So um, definitely e-materials are more and more popular all the time but I think at our library we also are very invested in still collecting print we have a good patron base for print so we will continue adding to our print collection um, as well as offering those ebooks and e-audiobooks that people like to have. Thank you so much Jane this has been very enlightening. Thank you Heather it was fun. Life can get hectic. Time slips by in the blink of an eye. Work, family, chores, friends, the commute, groceries, meetings, drop-offs, appointments, home repairs, pickups, laundry, cooking, go, go, go. Next thing you know, the day is gone and the process starts all over again. Where is the downtime? Where is the time to stop by the library and browse? Your library's got your back with solutions to fit your busy schedule. Browse through our website or app and place your holds at the drive-up window or the pickup lockers. The drive-up window is open during normal business hours, but the lockers are available 24-7. Not sure what your kids may want to read? Request a story stack through the website and our youth services librarians will put together a bundle that will be sure to entertain and enlighten your little ones. So, no matter how busy life gets... Your library is always here, ready to connect you with the materials you need. Visit westlakelibrary.org or download the app to connect today. Now it's time to stump the librarian. On this segment, we take patron questions about what to read next and challenge our librarians to help them find their next great read. 
Welcome back to our Stump the Librarian segment on the podcast with the two Aaron's. I am Aaron Spears, the young adult librarian. And I'm Aaron Manning, the Reader's Advisory Librarian. So we are expanding uh, this segment on this particular episode because w- when we previously chatted, Aaron, it was all focused on the adult side of the library and we were ignoring the entire wing I work in. So I brought some young adult and juvenile suggestions to match uh, the topics that you have covered so well for the adult section. And I'm very excited to hear about them. It's not fair that I get all the fun. That's true. That's true. Uh, well, what uh, what is the reader's advisory we're working with uh, this particular episode? So our first question is for a reader who loves Sherlock Holmes, Agatha Christie, Ellery Queen, and is looking for more mysteries in that tor- sort of genre. So golden age style mysteries. Gotcha. Kind of the classics. Exactly. In that, but in that vein or other classics? Um, sort of in that vein, vein. it sounds okay. like, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, well, what's uh, one of the first titles you have here? Well, personally, whatever, I'm looking for a good whodunit. Um, There's three series that I always check out. The American Mystery Classics, the British Crime Classics, and the Library of Congress Crime Classics. And each of these series are books by various authors, all republications, and they're all excellent with new introductions and recommended titles. But specifically, if you're looking for a place to start... I would try The Haunted Lady. It's a Miss Pinkerton mystery, and it's a super interesting title. Hilda Adams is a nurse, and the police often employ her when they're looking for somebody to kind of get information without arousing any suspicion. So when she's hired by a wealthy widow, Eliza Fairbanks, who's convinced that someone's trying to kill her, Hilda finds herself caught up in a web of mystery and lies and a huge cast of likely suspects. From arsenic in the sugar bowl to a nightly plague of bats and rats in her bedroom, (laughs) Eliza and Hilda have quite a bit to worry about. It's a really juicy mystery. I like that too because it's almost like investigation by proxy, you're saying, so in order to not arouse suspicion get someone who you know can you work well with to go in and like get the info out exactly okay. she doesn't trust the police so they send in a nurse to just take care of her for normal things yeah and hilda has to figure out what happens before somebody kills off her new employer <laughs> and you said as a series is this one you can just sort of jump in with this particular mystery or is it like a cumulative story that you need to be starting from square one well that's the nice thing about the uh, american mystery classics and really all three of the series mm-hmm. is they handpick titles from various authors that are all good as standalone. Excellent. Okay. So you don't need to read another Miss Pinkerton mystery to read this one. You can. There's right. other ones in the series, but each one is its own starting point. That's a good way to do it, too, because that way, if you like it, you've got a whole series you can go back to. Exactly. Um, and if you're fine with just one mystery, you're good to go. There you go. All right. I kind of kept it in that same, uh, not classics, I'm sorry, what did you say, the golden era? Golden age, yeah. The golden age uh, kind of vibe, but, you know, in the young adult section, we do have, like, you know, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. We do have Bram Stoker's Dracula. We do have some of the the those are counted as Golden Age. I'd say classic, yeah, classics at least, yeah. But there's some new stuff that is coming out in the young adult world in fiction that kind of does a new spin on things. One of them that I brought to recommend is called The Mary Shelley Club uh, by Goldie Moldovsky. Ooh. So it's kind of described as Scream, like the movie meets One of Us Is Lying, the book by Karen McManus. So the it centers on our main protagonist is Rachel Chavez. Uh, she is a new girl at school, but she's super into horror movies, and that's kind of like uh, since she's at a new school, that's her comfort zone. Like to you know to, to to kind of recenter herself after school, she just dives back into horror movies. She prefers kind of the the stabby serial killer, <laughs> homicidal dolls kind of realm of horror movies. 
So she she'd rather spend time in the horror movie universe than the uh, the rich kids at the prep school she's now at in Manhattan. And of course, there's some personal memories that she wants to keep buried and doesn't want anybody to know about. So there's a little bit of personal mystery there. But then what happens is she's recruited by the Mary Shelley Club, which is this new uh, mysterious. Uh, well, she's the new student, sorry. So it's a mysterious society at this new school uh, for students who orchestrate what they call fear tests. It's basically elaborate pranks, um, okay. but a lot of them are inspired by urban legends and movie tropes, maybe some of them dipping back into that golden era, golden age uh, kind of stuff. So at first, Rachel embraces the power that comes with this kind of reckless pranking, and also it's feeding into one of her passions. It's feeding into one of her favorite things. Um, but as the fear tests escalate, of course, the competition turns deadly, and we have ourselves an actual horror murder mystery on our hands. Uh, and of course, as the tagline of the book goes, now Rachel's playing a game she can't afford to lose. Oh, that sounds so, like a good yeah. one. <laughs> Especially if you're into like the, um, I know you're also a big horror movie buff, kind I of the, the classic era. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it plays with a lot of those tropes too. So you're like, ooh, I know a movie that's from, kind of recognition as you read. Ooh, sounds good. I'm going to have to check this out. Uh, so you got anything else for us, Aaron? I guess one I would just mention real quick as far as mysteries go is this is more of a, a, an actual twist, like I mentioned before, in the young adult fiction world on classic tales of, you know, murder and intrigue and kind of have that gothic vibe to it. Carrie Maniscalco has a series of books, and the first one starts with Stalking Jack the Ripper. So kind of historical fiction, because it works with the actual story of Jack the Ripper, um, but it places our female protagonist, Audrey Rose Wadsworth. you got to have three names if you're in classic, you know, <laughs> English <laughs> gothic literature here. She ends up working with her uncle uh, in his laboratory, because this is, you know, English set, um, and gets into forensic science and medicine. And so that's when we enter in the Jack the Ripper story. So uh, this is a series of books she does. She's gone through uh, four so far. So you have a Jack the Ripper story, a Houdini story, a Dracula story. Ooh. And what really surprised me, the most recent one is H.H. Holmes here in Chicago from Devil in the White City, you know, okay. adult nonfiction. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 a little bit more on the upper grade level, I would say, maybe 10th through 12th grade as far as the detail. Because, you know, she's working on, in a morgue and, you know, working with bodies and forensics. It's not super grisly, but it's a little bit more than your, you know, R.L. Stein, I guess. Okay, kind of, yeah. So, to speak. so uh, that's one of my other kind of classic kind of horror mystery ones. Sounds like another great one. Yeah. Uh, what else have you got for us? Well, I had another um, patron inquiry for books about like supernatural hauntings, strange monsters. So I had a ton of fun with this. Okay. I love reading about cryptids, which for those of you who don't know, are creatures that have not been proven or disproven by science. So this would be Mothman, Bigfoot, aliens, sure. um, creatures like that. So I have a couple of books to recommend. Uh, the first one is um, Aaron Mankey's Lore Books. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. He's the, he does the podcast too, right? He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's how I've heard it say it. Yeah, Aaron Mankey. Another Aaron. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it's automatically excellent. Absolutely. But he wrote three books, but the one specifically I wanted to talk about was World of Lore, Monstrous Creatures. Each chapter is devoted to a different type of monster, from a vampire to the Jersey Devil or Gremlin. goes through different historical accounts, sightings, possible explanations for each creature. It's really interesting. There's tons of research, and it's just a fascinating uh, series of books. And I believe it's all transcripts from the podcast, 
Okay. So if you want more, you can also check out the podcast for yeah. other topics. Absolutely. I mean, if you're listening to this, presumably you're already interested in podcasts. So by all means, go check that one out. Another podcast by Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> it also sounds like one of those books, too, that even if you're not interested in every single bit of the lore, you can just dip your toe. Like if you're a Bigfoot fan, here's your section. If you're just curious about something else, here's your section. Exactly. And they're genuinely scary readings, which made it a lot of fun if you're looking for just a scary story and you don't necessarily believe in my monsters. But it may push you towards believing, possibly, by the time you're done reading. (laughs) Definitely possibly. I think one that kind of works in that same realm of more maybe, not necessarily cryptids, I guess, but kind of a supernatural vibe instead of the mystery vibe. It is still a fiction one, though, from the juvenile section called The Strangers by Margaret Haddix, who is a prolific author in that that area. Um, I'm going to read you just the hook from from the book itself, because I think if If this intrigues you, you're definitely going to like this series. So it's about the Greystone kids. Uh, One of the kids, Chess, he's always kind of the protector, the older sibling. Uh, Emma loves math, so kind of like the science logic brain of the family. And uh, Finn is kind of the goofball. So you kind of got, you know, three different personalities. They've been a very happy family, just the three of them and their mom. But everything changes when reports of three kidnapped children reach the Greystone kids. And they're shocked by the startling similarities between themselves and these total complete strangers they've never met. The other kids share the same first and middle names, and they're the exact same ages, and as they read more about their identities, they kind of line up with the personalities, and they all have identical matching birthdays. So who are these strangers? Oh, that sounds like a good one. That's a good one. And it is also a series. I think it's a three-book series, but if you like her writing style... We have like at least a shelf and a half of her books over in Juvenile Fiction. So definitely check that out if that intrigues you. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then going back to what I was talking about with other cryptid books. Sure. I also have United States of Cryptids, which goes across the country looking at different creatures that have confirmed, in air quotes, uh, (laughs) confirmed sightings. Some of them may be real. Some may be elaborate hoaxes, we don't know, and I'm certainly not going to assume. But each book, or each chapter, I should say, breaks down the creature by the earliest sighting, size, notable features, um, where what city they can be found in, or near what city. And what was so cool about it was that it covers a ton of the very familiar Bigfoot, the Florida Skunk Ape, Champ, the Mothman, but a bunch of ones you might not have heard of like Sinkhole Sam, which is a uh, <laughs> giant worm out in Kansas. Ugh. The Dog Man, who's kind of like a, almost like a werewolf. And the Slide Rock Bolter, which slides down mountains and gets you. I don't like any of these, <laughs> but I'm definitely intrigued and I want to know a bit more. Yeah, because I haven't heard of any of those. And even, um, what was the one you said with Bigfoot? It was like Champ? Um, so Champ is like a little Nessie creature at Lake Champlain. Oh, okay. I hadn't heard um, of that one either. Yeah, and okay. then the Florida Skunk Ape is basically Bigfoot, but he's in Florida instead of the Pacific Northwest. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And he's well known for his smell. Well, that's a good name for that then. Right? I feel like there's also two I've read online. I don't know how documented this is, but Ohio has the Grassman. Yes. Is that around that book, or we need a different book for that one? He might be in there, but okay. if he's not, I also recommend the Bigfoot book which is the Encyclopedia of Sasquatch, Yeti, and Other Cryptid Primates by Nick Redfern. Okay. And this one covers investigators. It covers 
different iterations of Sasquatch. If you're interested in learning more about the Ohio Grassman, this is the book to That's check out. That's the one. Okay. Yeah, that one is a bit thicker, too. So that encyclopedia mm-hmm. is the right word for, <laughs> for Ex- that one. And that's more for, like, you know, kind of dipping in and out versus reading it straight through. Sure. But the other two, Lore and United States of Cryptids, are great just to sit down and, you know, spend an afternoon. Oh, absolutely. Well, I guess we can wrap up. I brought in a couple nonfiction as well from, again, over on the Youth Services side. Let's go with our juvenile nonfiction uh, pick first. It's called The Ghostly Tales of Cleveland. Ooh. So it's, again, it's not officially like an encyclopedia, but it's one of those, depending on what uh, area of Cleveland maybe you want to go visit, you could uh, just kind of dip in and read. Like, I I dropped in to read about Playhouse Square because I'm at Playhouse Square often, and I also uh, dipped in because I wanted to highlight one particular spot, which is the Soldiers and Sailors Monument down on Public Square, because I've been to this one. And I didn't know the ghost lore around it before going, but next time I go, I'm definitely going to be a little bit more creeped out. Well, since you mention it, I was actually there for a haunted ghost tour back in college. And we went into the basement. I was That's back what I was going to bring, up, bring yeah. up. Yeah. So I'll let you talk about. Oh that sure. Uh, did you? Well, first of all, did you see anything? I didn't see anything, but I felt something. All right. So I'll let you talk first. So the Soldiers and Sailors Monument. It's a Civil War monument that was dedicated way back in 1894. So you know, 120 plus years ago. And it's fascinating to me because there's the visible monument right behind uh, or in front of Tower City, depending on your orientation there, <laughs> um, around Public Square. And then once you go inside, it's just beautiful inside as well, but below it are these, uh, I've seen them written up as catacombs or caves or tunnels down there. It's so otherworldly. It does not feel like you're in downtown Cleveland at all. And uh, I don't want to spoil, you know, what's in the book there necessarily, but it, it documents several cases where people were either feeling something or seeing something or recorded something uh, down there in the tunnels. And it already has a pretty good creepy vibe to me before I even knew any of this stuff. So do you want to share what you experienced? Yeah. Um, I'd like to preface this, though, by saying I don't believe in ghosts. Okay. But I can't explain <laughs> this. Um, I was backed in a corner. There was nobody next to me, nobody behind me. And as soon as the lights went out, I felt felt like a man put his arm around my waist. And as soon as the lights came on, the arm went away. Creepiest thing. Uh, I have yeah. no explanation for it. <laughs> and again, I don't believe in ghosts, but I felt something. That's pretty close to some of the things that are in the book. So if you are um, interested in, in that one, that is... That is the the ghostly tales of Cleveland, um, and again, the the, the the book itself, as you read it, isn't going to necessarily scare you. It's it's more of just like, huh, like interesting anecdotes uh, and stories around Cleveland. It's not written with the atmosphere to scare you, but if you read it, then go visit someplace, you're going to get some willies there. Or if you just go visit it, apparently because you hadn't read the book <laughs> as well. The other one I brought in from this one's from the young adult side. And it's called The Teen Witch's Guide to Palm Reading. Okay. And I have zero... Well, actually, that's not true. I do have one experience with palm reading. Um, my buddy and I spent... Uh, we split it. It was 90 bucks for half an hour and got our palms read uh, a while ago. Most of what actually happened in that session is covered in the book. And it's a oh, beautifully wow. illustrated book. It is one of those you can kind of just flip through if you want to see how a lifeline works or different areas of palm reading. You can just jump right in and read those chapters. And it shows you how to do it. Um, I'm picturing if you're having, like, your friends over for a sleepover near Halloween time or whatever, uh, turn off the lights, light some candles, and do some palm reading. Uh, it It's a really interesting guide to kind of take you through uh, some of the myths and misconceptions and what palm reading is all about. Um, and if it does grab your attention and you are really interested, there's actually three in this series. There's also the Teen Witch's Guide to Astrology and the Teen Witch's Guide to Crystals as well. All right, then. So, 
All right, I guess uh, that should wrap it up for this one. I think there's plenty of great recommendations uh, we've got here for a variety of ages to uh, get you through uh, the October and the spooky season. So uh, great picks, Aaron. We will chat again soon. Yes, thank you, Aaron. Thanks for listening. We hope we have sparked your curiosity to keep exploring something you heard today. Follow the links in the show notes if any specific title piqued your interest. We'll speak again shortly when we go beyond the stacks in our next episode.